This episode is brought to you by Podmetrics, your one-stop shop for all your podcast data needs. Podmetrics aggregates data from Anchor, Spotify, Chartable, Facebook Live, and YouTube in order to show you the real picture of how your show is doing. The best part is, it's absolutely free. Sign up now at podmetrics.co and don't forget to use the referral code GEEKYHUANS. That's geeky, J-U-A-N-S. Podmetrics, the only analytics you'll ever need for your podcast. Hello and uh, good afternoon. It's 5, right? It's still afternoon anyway. So yeah, it's 5, 10 p.m. Yeah, welcome to the Geeky Ones. And uh, I'm Drew. Next to me is Steven. And this is episode Hello. 86. So yeah, welcome to our uh, our latest episode this Saturday. Um, our topic today is epic wrestling entrances. And, you know... This is some. This is a topic that we have talked about quite a lot, like on our Discord server and various wrestling chats, because yep. we just always have a lot of um. You know, wrestling is our one of our fa- one of our fandoms in uh, in here at the Geeky One. So it's just really, really awesome to see. Um, Wrestling entrances are like part of the whole presentation, and we're just enjoying mm-hmm. them, and mm-hmm. they're just really fun. They're you, we're always, uh, we're always, we're always, we always love a, a crazy epic entrance, and yeah. we're gonna talk about um ten and a few honorable mentions, and we'll talk um yeah, and those range from like uh. Whether or not it's like uh, it's WWE entrances, Impact, you know, and even some some from Japan. So I guess yep. we can get started with our first. We have a top ten list, so that's my mm-hmm. we picked. Uh, me and Steven picked five. So we start with uh, it's it's an alternating sequence of lists. So let's go. Um, I will start with. Um, John Cena, Royal Rumble 2008, and uh, my god, okay, context, so Royal Rumble 2008 was in Madison Square Garden, if I recall, ah, yeah, yeah it was that one, that one, yeah, it's amazing, and it was a. I love the presentation of Royal Rumble 08 because it didn't have the. It didn't have the huge Titan Trons. It didn't have the. If the the entrance area felt like you know how you would go out in a basketball game, the dugout. Yes, exactly. The basketball game. And that's that. That one made it cool and. During that time, uh, Royal Rumble was on, you know, Royal Rumble was nearing its end. I think it was entry number 30. Entry was number he 30? 30. Yeah, it was, I think John Cena ah, was okay. uh, John Cena was late. And Let me rewatch it, right? <laughs> John Cena was a surprise appearance because a few months back, he was injured. Um, I think he, it was a torn quad, uh, torn pectoral muscle, I mean, torn pectoral muscle. And... You know, the recovery time for that was supposed to be longer. But, you know, we're talking about John Cena here. And uh, awesome, you know. He was number 30, yeah. I double-checked. He was number 30. He was number 30. And really cool. Like, 
this was so crazy for me. Like, I remember watching this and then wondering, what? John Cena? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I know he was injured. I know he was out. So, like, when he appeared, it was surprising. And it was also surprising to see that he he also appeared and he didn't get booed. Because, oh, uh, yes, yes. I think so by 06 and 07, he gets boos. He gets heavy boos from the crowd already. Like, it was crazy. But for that time, you know, people were happy to see him back. And it was different. It felt weird to see to hear that, but hey, John. Uh, eventually, John Cena had a huge pop. The pop was just a huge. This is the this is a kind of entrance that didn't need that much. You know, it wasn't um it wasn't uh, spectacular in terms of pyro presentation. You know, John Cena. Uh, we talk about John Cena entrance as we usually mention WrestleMania ones because WrestleMania ones are epic. Yeah. Um, I remember the CM Punk gangster entrance, chain gang, mm. the chain gang monster <laughs> entrance with CM Punk on on the right on the right side Spurs. of the car, right? Get a uh, clone John Cena, the John Cenas. <laughs> yeah, doing just doing the doing the you can't see me for like uh, five minutes before Cena goes up the ramp. Yeah, and then that there was felt like an eternity, no? What? The, the the John Cena entrance with like the Cena army was like felt like an eternity when everybody was doing that. Yeah, it felt it felt weird on that. But hey, yeah. it was uh it, it worked so well. It was so good. It was really great. But yeah, John Cena's Royal Rumble 2008 entrance may be short, but the pop or how epic it felt during the time and how surprising that he appeared, um just <laughs> for me made this entrance um Make the list. Yeah, just help put this on the list. So, mm. yeah, that's it. So, Steven, anything about this entrance? Okay. Move? I, I had to rewatch it because it's um, the big. I think the biggest part was that, you know, besides the fact that he was injured, for he was supposed to be injured and not make it, in, I think that was the point that nobody ever expected him to arrive. Nobody. Not a single person in Madison Square Garden thought that Asin is going to be there, whatever. He mm. suddenly comes back from injury, and then everybody's cheering. Oh my gosh, it's Cena, it's Cena, it's Cena. I mean, I, it's Cena, right? I mean, who? Like, it's crazy. That was when you actually get, once he gets back in the ring and he starts hitting people, if you watch the clip again, the crowd starts booing him like a flip of a, like in a snap of a finger. Everybody starts booing him again. Like this was super Cena era, eh? so of course people were gonna boo him. But I'm, well, we finally reached a point that nobody cares about you know that era of Cena anymore because uh, we love Cena. Come on, mm-hmm. but Taiwan does not love Cena. <laughs> well, yeah, mm. he has to acknowledge. But yeah, uh, worth noting that Derv said on our comments. Hi, Derv from Wrestling After Work. Um, he said, "Right." The cheer, that pop came from a very smarky New York crowd. And, you know, we yeah. know New York crowds. I mean, we see Knicks fans. So, <laughs> that's, uh, how, uh, Mocking Trey Young and then Trey Young get. getting their revenge. <laughs> that's how jaded they can get, you know, dismayed yep, yep. they can get. And that is true. You, you saw it in full swing there. Uh, yeah, I think I remember they <laughs> did boo scene uh, 
But yeah, let's yeah. start with but for now, let's move to our next entry. And this one is from um good old TNA. Yes. So this is okay. This is Samoa so... Joe out for glory. All right. So in Bound for Glory 2005, Samoa Joe was on this crazy undefeated streak for the longest time in months. DNA. Months. It's a crazy streak. As in, I think Kurt Angle was the one to break the streak, Tamaba. Um, I think Can't it was, one. but it was 19 yeah. months. So yeah, he was, was losing to anyone. At all. Yeah. I mean, like, I think Samoa Joe at the time was the perfect example of the X Division. It's not about weight limits, it's about no limits. I tagline of TNA until today. Because yeah, Samoa and, Joe was the guy who lived up to that name. Um, oh, wait, Steven, this is the Bound for Glory match that was their own, that was TNA's only five star until now. Am I right? <laughs> Wait, this is the triple threat match, right? With Daniel I think so. Style. No, no, no. That's from Unbreakable. This is, ano, this is ah, Bound for Glory. This is a Samoan entrance, like a Samoan war dance entrance. Oh, yeah. Because okay. it turns out his family, family ni Samoa Joe is um, ano, mga dance performers. So he brought out his whole family to do a Samoan war dance. Fuck. That's so... Like, like he felt like a good guy for like a good two minutes. And then when the thing match, you're like, oh shit, this is Samoa Joe we're talking about. I oh, think yeah, really I think cool <laughs> that his opponent was uh noteworthy, Jushin Thunder. Jushin Liger, yeah. <laughs> Puta. Insane man. I have to find it again. I have to double check. I have to double check if it was Liger. Yeah, it was. Grab, it, was yeah. it was also the opening match. <laughs> Grabe. For, Grabe. for the main card. So, like, wow, that's actually interesting. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. It is Samoa Joe versus Jushin Liger. Tapos parang, I think Samoa Joe had to counter Liger's epic theme with his own, like, epic entrance because Samoa Joe's theme in TNA was catchy, but not Jushin Liger catchy. Well, Jushin Liger. Even his an uh, one-off WWE theme was pretty yeah. catchy. Like, yeah, you can't, that's true. You can't not argue. And remember, um, Jushin Thunder Geiger is a Go Nagai creation. Oh, also, man. Right? Mr. So, Devilman himself. The guy, Devilman Mazinger Z. And Mazinger yeah, Mazinger Z. Has, uh, yep. has some of the best anime themes yeah. of all time. So, like... It's catchy. Jushin Thunder Geiger is catchy. Yes. copyright strike. We can only mention that little soundbite. Or else King Records will be on our ass. Samoa Joe with his little Samoan family and a nice little war dance. I mean, this is one of... This is pretty underrated because... 2005 TNA was fun. You know, God, 2005 TNA. TNA was like on another level. Like it was the time I realized na, wow, there is an alternative to WWE. Like that's I, really I like, the, the moment. At, like, um, Star World, if I'm right. Yeah, Star, Star World. World on Friday nights, diba? Yeah. So ayun, Star oh, World man. was my ano, Star World. I think I, I was I was Flipping channels, and then I saw TNA wrestling on this time. I forgot what time. I think yes, it was. Um, Fridays I think it was 8 p.m. Either, it was uh, it was either a Friday or Thursday. But yeah, 
I checked it. I, I think I was able to catch a replay, not the not the prime time broadcast. So when I when I saw it, mm, hey, I think they have this? like weekly broadcast. Yeah. And then I think I was introduced <laughs> to the X Division pretty quick. So it was um it was uh yeah. I loved it already. Like I think I saw the unbreakable. <laughs> I saw unbreakable because like I saw oh my god I saw the unbreakable five star match like as a kid. That, that, until now, it's something that. You just get, I know. You just get shocked. You just get surprised. Your your mind is always blown whenever you hear, whenever you see that, I know. Whenever you see that match, it's so good. It's, and it's, yeah, it's it leaves a five you speechless. It leaves you speechless. It's it's, it's pretty, and you can watch it for free on um in, impact in YouTube. Yeah. Also, like, like the it, I think we got lucky that there was a period that Impact Wrestling had to say sorry to the fans for being such a shit company to their veteran wrestlers. I mean, they kicked out AJ, they kicked out Rude, they kicked out all of they Team Canada. They kicked out guys they built, Austin. Uh, yeah, Austin all the TNA Aries. originals. Let's not talk about Austin Aries. I mean, Bobby Rude, uh, essentially. James Storm. Uh, uh, basically, Eric Young, man. <laughs> Beer yes, Money Incorporated. Beer uh, even Eric Young, right, had to leave at some point. Yeah. And I think Eric Sting, Young was one of the last to leave. Even Sting. Sting is not a, not a oh. DNA original, but he was... He grew. in the, He grew yeah. to become one of their best. Like, you know... You know... Personally, yeah. Personally, best, I believe... best versions are always out of WWE. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'm not joking. TNA era Sting was the best thing for me. Because uh. I... Yeah, I mean, that? that was veteran I did not sting. reach uh, WCW Sting. Yeah, yeah, that was that I was not reach WCW sting. sting. Yeah, I mean, WCW hmm. Sting because it had two phases. He had the Surfer Sting, which was kind of cool. Yeah. So he, had ding, to, ding, ano, ding. he had to reinvent his character to be... Ano, to yeah. fit, uh, I think fit the '90s aesthetic. So he just ripped off the crow, True. Bruce Lee. Uh no, Brandon Lee. It Brandon worked Lee. though. It worked. Yeah, and it works no, so R. well. R. Like, R. Until Brandon now, Lee. it has become his gimmick that we all identify with. Now, let's yeah. go to our. Before we go to our next um, choice, we go to we go and talk about our comicsology ten dollar gift card giveaway that's not sponsored by Amazon. So. Steven, explain this one. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right. So just help us reach 1,000 likes on Facebook by liking our page and commenting on the pinned post. One comic book artist that we've featured on the podcast. And then on Twitch, just help us get to 100 followers. We're currently at 31 followers. So we're almost there. Um, for Facebook, you do need to follow the steps of liking our page and commenting on the pinned post. Uh, yeah. One comic book artist that we featured, but on Twitch, you just follow entered. Uh, we will select one winner each, and we will. If you win on Facebook, you cannot win on Twitch. So that's it. All yeah. right, uh, no that is five hundred pesos each. No double, no double entries. Essentially, yeah. like if yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Okay. Now we go to um, number four. Number four is my pick. Uh, this is my number four pick. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura, mm. Wrestle <clears throat> Kingdom 9. And no, this is not the one with the uh, pole dancers. 
Nakamura. This was um his match against uh, Kota Ibushi for the Intercontinental title. Hmm. And so, I watched this match, like, I think a month ago, almost a month hmm. ago. Yeah. And this was a uh, young... Kota Ibushi, you know, young and bright Kota Ibushi was just happy. Bright. Bright. You know, golden <laughs> star. Yeah. You know, he's, al- he's always that, the man. He's always, uh, no, he's always happy, jolly. But, you know, young upstart, you know, Kota like, <laughs> even his body wasn't like uh, Kota Ibushi now, na super built yeah. and crazy, crazy ripped, right? But, you know, mm-hmm. that, Ayun, that one was like Kota Ibushi went with that entrance, di ba? Then, you know, he just so wholesome, happy, and then his opponent, of course, you know, the champion. Um, literally, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura appears like with the whole Titan Tron setup of uh, Wrestle Kingdom back then, like King of Strong style, just, just uh. Rolling in and out of the screens, like okay, and then it's like legit business. And then Shinsuke Nakamura just comes out with a crown, with just a crown in his usual getup, and it was just so intimidating. Because for me, that's like yeah, uh, I remember the crown. Talk about entrance, um, Japanese uh, wrestling entrances to be like to feel like boss battles. This one, this one felt like a boss battle for Ibushi, because. You know where your Ibushi was like still rising on the, during that time, diba? It was before he went to um, let's say the Cruiserweight Classic, and uh, no, he went out of New Japan for a bit, and uh, no, went back and to win G One. This was yep, this was uh, no, young upstart, uh, no, Ibushi, but the the facing of like veteran Nakamura peak King of Strong style. Na, you know, this is like the Nakamura that finally clicked after like his early run. Na, he had no character. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, mm. like Nakamura is a great wrestler, but without his King of Strong style persona, he wouldn't be as ano. He wouldn't be as uh, well known or like uh, as well liked as now. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And of course, the match itself is a is a banger. I think it's like uh, I'm not sure if it's a five star match if you follow those scoring things, but it was a it was a wild train wreck of a match, and it was also the time that uh, Kota Ibushi tried the Bomaye or the Kinshasa <laughs> for those who are for yeah, the yeah. He tried his own version. He did the Yao, like you know, <laughs> like what Kota Ibushi does now in tribute to Shinsuke. That was actually it's that's where he that's where he found it you know the reason the reason why he's respecting Nakamura is because he got he got destroyed by Nakamura in the end of that match anyway we go on to our to Steven's fourth entry this is uh essentially this is sixth <laughs> let's go um yeah these are fourth then okay uh okay. AJ Styles in Royal Rumble 2016 this was the famous uh new japan wwe match <laughs> because yeah. you know, it felt like it against okay anyway, yeah yeah so different. what made this match so good well not the match the entrance i mean is that i think everybody knew that aj styles was coming but they just didn't know when because 
when a wrestler from New Japan leaves for WWE, oh, wait. there wrong, is no wrong, like wrong on my mind. waiting. Sorry. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that was 2017. Um, on my mind. 2016. Royal Rumble 2016 was his debut, right? So, yes, yes, yes. Royal Rumble 2016 was his debut in Orlando, Florida. So we are talking AJ Styles sort of coming home to, you know, the home of Impact, which was, you know, Orlando, Florida. For the longest time, people associated, you know, AJ Styles being Mr. TNA. And then he goes to New Japan, becomes IWGP heavyweight champion twice. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, they, like GPW. New- <laughs> yeah, again, beats Tanahashi no like, see, but who else can say that? Kenny? I know. Yeah, Kenny has beaten Tanahashi, Kenny, but not for the heavyweight Naito. title. <laughs> Naito, Jay White. <laughs> like, very rare. Um, very rare. So AJ Styles is a su- part of such a rare club. But anyway, going back to the context, around January 4, after January 4, it was the time that AJ Styles left, um, Shinsuke Nakamura left, and then I think soon later, soon after. Uh, Machine Gun, Carl Anderson, and Doc Gallows left as well. Uh, so ev- there were these like rumors and everything that, oh, um, AJ Styles is going to WWE, Shinsuke Nakamura going to WWE. But we were, I didn't Shinsuke Nakamura, so I was more excited about Styles at the time. Mm. And they were showing footage before this. Parang, oh, look, here comes the New Japan, like exo- the mass exodus from New Japan. It's like, Oh shit! All their stars are gone, or whatever. And then all of a sudden, Kenny Omega happened. But you know, that's another story. Um, AJ Styles, his entrance was amazing because nobody was expecting him to be there. Um, yeah. I remember I was still in my part-time job before, so I had some free time on Monday mornings. Like I took a leave for this, <laughs> um, for the Royal Rumble because I had the gut feeling that AJ Styles was going to be in the Rumble. So when the buzzer rang and then this unknown music started playing i was wondering like, is this aj is this gonna be aj and then the problem the biggest worst moment ever in wwe because of, of stupid kevin dunn trying to put his focus on roman reigns instead of the titan tron was the music was playing and then you start hearing cheers it's like oh, ah, who is it and then roman reigns face is just on the screen the worst angle ever you don't get to see so, AJ yeah, Styles until he's out of the ramp. Uh, debut video, yes! remember? They had to re-release the entrance video because they didn't notice na AJ Styles was, was already cutting, out. Just it was cutting yes. to uh, no, just uh, a, uh, Roman's Roman Reigns' face, which was kind of weird. Exactly. <laughs> you had to go to YouTube to find the full video, and then every I think what's weird was because I think it was the first thing am. And then you remember, oh man, no, who does that in WWE? Remember, oh shit, that's like part of the part of his theme song in TNA, the by you are, you are, I am, I am. And then it says, I am. And then the, the, the screen just flips to I am phenomenal. It's like, holy shit. Yeah, it's it's real. Mr. TNA. <laughs> Unexpected. And remember, and Sobra. It's like, I. And, you know, he went to WWE and beat. um. And beat Cena and became yeah. a two-time WWE beat up John champion, Cena. <laughs> almost the same way that he became two-time IWGP <laughs> heavyweight champion. And now 
he's a Grand Slam <laughs> in TNA and WWE. Like, wow. In Kevin, no? Who else can say that you're a Grand Slam in two um, of the biggest companies in the world? I think the other one, the only other Grand Slam. I no, no, no. Per wait, Kurt Is Angle that? counts. Because. Because uh, no. Kurt Angle has um is part ah, yeah. of the old Grand Slam, the old WWE Grand Slam format works, naman. So, yeah, Kurt mm. uh, Kurt did it the other way around. AJ did it the did it reverse, diba? Did it TNA and WWE. So, which was kind of for yeah. me surprising. TNA kasi, WWE. Because I never expected WWE to love AJ Styles as much as they did. Until now, they still love him. You know, mm. he has almost now. Yeah. And you know, oh, even though he's retiring, he's, he's close to retirement as we keep as the years go by. You know, we have to face it. Yeah. He's not gonna. He's, he's I mean, he's still he doesn't fly as much. <laughs> but when he does it, you know, it's still yeah. it's still really good. But yeah, um, AJ Styles Royal Rumble 2016. That's where his WWE career started, and yeah, people loved it. People love this, and until now, it's. It's one of the better runs from a from an impact guy. Actually, it's the best run for an impact guy <laughs> anywhere. Okay, before we go to our next entry, let's talk about um a little thing something from uh, our friends right. at Shopee. Okay, so tomorrow is Shopee's payday fifteen. If you've been hearing that um, jingle, is Gonzago on your YouTube cookies or your <laughs> Instagram or your social media or maybe use the radio uh, to remind you is Shopee's uh, August 15 payday sale. So get extreme discounts, vouchers, cashback, and much more. Use our link tinyurl.com and check out your cart using URL and we get a small portion of sale to keep this podcast running. So that Always is it awesome for Shopee. Okay, now we go for our next set of entries. And mine first is Undertaker ah. in WrestleMania 21. Okay, for context, um, before WrestleMania 21, I think Undertaker for the most part was, um, you know, was still, you know, was like transitioning from American Badass back to his Deadman gimmick. And... Mm-hmm. Mania that 21 was against Randy Orton. And this was the time when they actually mentioned that he had a streak. I mean, they didn't mention <laughs> it for the first 12. And now they mention it when they went uh, on his 13th match against Randy Orton. You know, Randy Orton was on his legend killer phase, which was really act- actually a good run. Despite na I was kind of disappointed that he never won a world title as, a legend, as the legend killer, which is... Kind mm. of weird. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> Randy Orton, the young youngest world heavyweight champion, goes to an uh, goes face off against the undefeated Undertaker, and then all of a sudden, we see the dead man. And I think the one get up here, one of the things I like in his uh, mid two thousands get up was, um, was on his two thousands get up as the dead man. He. What he wore was like a fusion of his usual dead man look plus a bit of American badass elements. I think yeah. my American badass on his uh, on his tights on uh, yeah on part of his tights. Yes. 
Yes, yes. One of the symbols, diba? Medyo biker. Yung biker, taker pa. The American badass taker symbols are still there. But yeah, the fact that he fused mm. those seamlessly into his dead man, like, is really great. Kasi, you know, it's a, it's a callback to his, ano, to his history and past. Kasi, you know, he was just uh, an undead mortician. <laughs> Early career, right? He was a freaking <laughs> pretty zombie. Much, pretty much. I remember he was a zombie in, I know, in, in his debut mm. when when, <laughs> when WWE was WWF. Pa. Like people forget that he was a zombie. <laughs> but yeah, eventually they had to go from he went from like cult leader here from biker gang guy, and now he's back to being a dead man. You know, and. To a man of mystique, in a way, you know, a man of supernatural mystique, guy who can summon lightning and bury people in concrete. Um, but yeah, oh, yes. cool <laughs> and then you know, uh, this is one I think I forget. This is usually one of his entrances with druids. So like, yeah, it's one. Yeah, of those. yeah. One Mania of those. always has, he has druids. Yeah. Druid entrances. This is one of the best ones. So yeah, we. But then yeah. Mania 21 Taker was really good. And yeah, I, I liked uh, 2000's Undertaker. This is like, I think for me, this was the start of his uh, best run in WWE match-wise. I mean, <laughs> we don't see Undertaker that much. In he re- I can't remember him wrestling on weekly TV. So that was one thing. You know, he all he does on weekly TV is just uh, shoot lightning, disappear, appear a bit. Maybe hit a choke slam after rides out, but not much yeah. in terms of uh, match work. I think only great Kali at that. Like one of those few matches where great Kali just de- made his debut and just um, slammed the taker. But yeah, well, that's my the, interest. There rate. was, yeah. Well, there was there the very, Mark Henry casket match in 22, right? Yeah. There were a few instances na, no, no, I was talking about like, Few instances he was out of PPV. He was wrestling not in a, in a weekly show. <laughs> it was so mm, weird. Yeah, yeah. Yung parang usually was, kasi nila, one on one with the Undertaker, but it's a super short match. Yeah, yeah. But the thing was, I think I know it was it was mostly for Taker's health more than the story. But yeah, the fact yeah. that it added so much to the story because Undertaker is a character that has a mystique, so you re- you don't. Very regularly see him, so you know it just uh, it just adds to the mystery and the pressure to other wrestlers. Now, oh my God, I'm facing the Undertaker. How is he like, diba? I've never faced the Undertaker before. Shout out to guys like Edge and Batista who have never faced Undertaker before in a big ano uh, main event match, diba? For the world title. So those things, anyway, those little elements I enjoyed about this and Mania Twenty One was like the the starting point for that run. And let's go to your pick, Steven. And it's Kazushka Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 13. Okay. So for context, Kazushka Okada is maybe the greatest Japanese wrestler of one of, but you know, one of the greatest Japanese wrestlers of all time. Um, he is if he wins a few famous more, for his wins, Rainmaker gimmick. Where in titles, he's yeah. close. <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I what makes him like what makes his character so good is that his entire gimmick is based on making New Japan succeed. It's, uh, the, 
the title of Rainmaker is that he wants Rainmaker to generate money, diba? Yeah. So, so basically, Okada as the Rainmaker wants to bring in more money for New Japan. So, so it was such a fun for New Japan. So for the longest time, he was the champion. You know, you know, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make it rain every time. Blah blah. I'm in New Japan. I'll make it rain. Like that's the tagline. And then there's a year na Kazuchika Okada goes crazy after losing to Kenny Omega. He was so, two balloons. He loses his mind. And wore pants. <laughs> he started wearing pants all of a sudden. And like, why are you wearing pants? That's not Okada. Okada always wears briefs. All of a sudden, it's like, why are you wearing this? And then he started dyeing his hair red. Some really weird colors. And like, Man, you really like he probably like in the long term he probably abused his hair dye. Sadly, he's paying for it with you know as Derv mentioned before in um hmm. um something about Okada line tamabai. I remember Derv mentioning it. Eh, parang his hairline's yeah. not as um <clears throat> good anymore. But yeah, I think parang he's gan- also in a phase. Of yeah. So anyway, the entrance is so pretty normal. Yeah. So as for the entrance itself, the reason why I wanted to talk about him wearing pants is because this entrance in a match against Jay White, the ultimate traitor of K, is that this was the first time in a full calendar year, I think, that yeah. uh, Kazuchika Okada, no, not a full calendar year, a full like seven, eight months since we saw um, Kazuchika Okada wear the tights, the briefs, the brief. Style trunks, trunks essentially. So when, yeah, the trunks, yeah, the trunks. The, the so he was making his way down to the ring as in the usual, and then like all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, it's not the remix. Because I remember I was in the watch party, um, many mics. This was I think the first or second uh, NJPW watch party was at the front desk. Second, so I, I um anyway, yeah uh, yeah first or second that was. I clearly remember people were saying, Uy, hindi yung remix na play. I'm pretty sure Derv was there too. I just didn't know Derv, Derv, who Derv was at the time. So, <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the regular Rainmaker theme plays with the coin flip and everything. And then he gets to the ring. And then you see he's got the robes. He's got the usual necklace, the heavy necklace and all. And then he's got this little apron on his waist. Anong, anong, anong sa apron na yun? And then all of a sudden, he removes the apron and it's his regular tights. And you can watch it on YouTube right now. Kazuchika Okada, action to Okada, was amazing. We're cheering for trunks. That's what made this entrance so big, was that he just removed his apron to reveal his trunks. Also worth noting that like that that's like the most like part of his entrance garb, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Yung parang the is, if it is it pants, is it trunks? Parang gimmick talaga. So what made what made it so good was um, just the fact that he made people pay attention to his get up. Even though you're not care about his getup too much, you're supposed to care about his wrestling in New Japan. But nope, here comes Mr. You know, Mr. Trunks 
after a whole year, nearly a whole year of not being, you know, not being um, <clears throat> champion. And then here comes Jay White to annoy him. But, you know, sadly, Okada lost. But still, one of the best entrances I've ever seen because everybody in Skinny Mike's was cheering their asses off for Trump. That is it. Yeah, we can't we can beat those trunks now. Anyway, next <laughs> up, well, before we go to our number two entries, respectively, um, we go to talk about our little partners at Podmetrics. Steven. Okay. So for <laughs> Podmetrics, we this is a pod a podcast ag- aggregating service. So it gathers Facebook, YouTube, and other podcasting platforms. So it's easier for you to understand the statistics. So if you are new to podcasting, you can sign up at podmetrics.co. That's podmetrics.co. And use our code geekyhuans and we get a small share, a small commission. So that is pretty much it for Podmetrics. So um, it's pretty amazing. Uh, we've, to be fair, we've earned, we've earned all right. We've earned all right. We've, it's, we've earned some yeah, pretty good money. Yeah, and we got the data already. we need, so no, yep. really no no problems at all. No we problems here. Using it, yeah. And that is it for Podmetrics. Okay, now we go to our number two entries. And then after that, honorable mentions, and then we go to the main event of our yes. stuff. So let's go and let's talk about my second favorite entrance in this top five of mine. Oh. This is CM Punk, Money in the Bank, 2011. This was... Okay. Um, this was post-Pipe Bomb CM Punk. Okay. Okay, let's talk about CM Punk in the WWE before. He made his debut on ECW. On WWE ECW. And, you know, he was really good. I think he was one of the few guys in ECW that I rooted for. Because I was looking for guys to root for. You know, new guys to see. Like, who who do I see? And then I, I usually watch WWE, WWE's version of ECW. And that's where I... That's where I like really enjoyed Kofi Kingston and CM Punk, and I really rooted for them to be to go big when they moved to SmackDown hmm. or Raw. So uh, thankfully, I was proven right by for rooting for them because they made it. They they made it. That's really awesome. And ayun. um, during that time when CM Punk finally moved away from ECW, he got. He got a nice little run as world heavyweight champion. He beat Jeff Hardy. I think he also money the he also won the money in the back of twice at that, a couple of times. You know, he had mm, a few big game yeah, matches. Caso, there was a time that you know it was eventually dying out. You know, he was like got he was thrown out of the mix. Then the pipe bomb happened where he talked about yeah. Ring of Honor and New Japan for wrestling. In WWE, which is kind of weird. Yep. And, you know, help people find out about those promotions from the promotion that they didn't want them, that they didn't yeah. want those promotions to mention on their programming anyway. So, yun, eventually, CM Punk, had, CM Punk had that pipe bomb. And months later, we go to this WWE Championship match between John Cena and CM Punk. And... Money in the Back 2011 was in Chicago, and CM Punk's hometown is yes. Chicago. And no, Chicago CM Punk doesn't mean Chicago made. 
It actually stands for Chick Magnet. And <laughs> embarrassingly enough, that was his early gimmick. So, yeah, I mean, Chicago made. I mean, there are many, there are many theories to what's here, but yeah, it was Chick Magnet raw from the beginning. So, we're so sorry. <laughs> but yeah. Um, we're so sorry for ruining your imagination. Punk, yeah. When CM Punk went into went out to the uh, to the entrance ramp, the crowd was just I don't know. Even before the crowd, even before he went out to the ramp, the crowd was just chanting CM Punk. We we're just chanting his name. It was it was so loud. It was so loud that you know you know that the building was vibrating from just that uh, from that buzz from uh, chanting CM Punk's name. And then when he finally went out to Cult of Personality, I think this was one of the first times he used Cult of Personality. Because I think he was this was his transition from moving away from that Kill Switch Engage song, which I, I really love. No, I no, no. Wait, 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 Jude, Jude. Sorry, Jude. I have can I can I can I interrupt Muna, Jude? Sorry. Yeah. Hello. Okay. Yeah, he was So this was still Kill Switch Engage, the right? No, no, no. He used he used the no. I remember him using, um, the uh, cult of personality, cult of personality was ano yeah. when he came back. Wait, wait, wait could you I know watch the video, Muna? You know, here's the irony. It's still in the WWE YouTube account despite the fact that they hate CM Punk. Okay, yeah, okay. This fire burns. Yeah. Okay, I like it. This is why I love it, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This fire burns was yeah. my favorite. I know. Was my favorite CM Punk entrance because Cult of Personality. I heard it before and I treat it as a separate song, and I found it weird yeah. that it was an entrance. It was an entrance theme to CM Punk. I mean, it fit with CM Punk's so now mm. because um, uh, the band who sang um, Cult of Personality, Living Color, was pretty underrated then, you know, compared to other rock acts. But yeah, this was uh, no, this was like. The crowd was just buzzing. Everyone, it was just so you know when CM Punk walked in the ramp, he was just soaking it in before he even walked further. Because he could, I think he couldn't even believe it. Because like, imagine he came from ROH, he came from mm. IWA Mid South indie crowds, small indie crowds, and eventually, you know, his popularity grew and grew. he was. A hot, he was white hot in Ring of Honor when it was Summer of Punk. The way he was threatening yeah. to carry the Ring of Honor title to WWE, yeah. And you know, only Samoa Joe at that was able to stop him from doing that. So like that was crazy. And now he's in, he's in his first big match, really, really big match in WWE, and it's in his hometown. In front of a crowd that probably saw him wrestle, <laughs> wrestle there in the indie indies. So that was like yeah, magic. And what I loved was, you know, I think Michael Cole tried to say that it was a partisan crowd, <laughs> and then Jerry Lawler just went, "How par- partisan? Do you hear these guys?" And then he went <laughs> like, uh, he described the the noise was like if the Chicago Bears were in Chicago and they were hosting the Super Bowl. So like that mm. was that was it. That was how big it was because CM Punk was really CM Punk was really uh no was so was so big at that time and yeah it was one of my favorite 
it's my one of my favorite wrestling entrances of all time, and until now, I still I still talk, I still still mention it. So yeah, now we go to your entrance, uh, second best, Stephen, and that okay. is Jay White <clears throat> in G One Climax '99. <laughs> In the finale, man. Okay. Yeah. So in G1 Climax 29, Jay White was going to face Kota Ibushi in the finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the longest, this was, I think, Jay White's first G1 as like the Bullet Club, I think. Amaba. Legit, first legit like G1 as a full blown like New Japan star. Na talaga. And I. It, the entrance left me speechless. It was on the same day that Katsuyori Shibata decided to attack Kenta. I think our friends Shane and uh, Rie were in the final. They saw Shibata attack Kenta uh-huh. um, a few matches back. Hit him and with then a corner drop kick. That was fun. Yes. The iconic corner drop kick that now Carl Fredericks uses as well. Um, it really left me speechless because this was the most united Bullet Club that I saw in nearly two years. Because for the longest time, the the elite, yung kay Kenny, Bullet Club elite na era. There was a civil war in the in a yeah. way before that. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Tapos, tapos here comes Jay White, new leader of Bullet Club, the actual Bullet Club. Akala mo, okay, he's gonna be accompanied by Gedo because you know Gedo's the Booker and everything, so you have a reason to hate him. That was all of a sudden. Jay White stops midway through the ramp, points to the back, and then the entire bullet club comes out in the most. It it, it just felt right. It just felt like it, it was like a, it's like a. Parang back. Oh god, I hate saying this term. Back to normal, because you know we were in the. Um, but back to normal in the club nung time na yon, and it felt perfect, because you know, Bullet Club was pretty much back to its roots, and that's what Jay White did. All of Bullet Club was there. Kenta was there. God was there. Fale was there. It's like everybody was there. It it, it just showed how united uh, Bullet Club is. And then you know, COVID happened, so you know, I don't want to say much anymore because we don't know what's gonna happen with evil. Yeah, Jay White's entrance was so epic because it showed how united Bullet Club was. And then you had. Kota Ibushi on the other end of the ring. Mag-isa lang siya. Mag-isa lang siya. And say, like, oh, no Kenny for you. It's like, allow me, a part they wanted Kenny to just be on his side. Just to show na, hey, I'm here for my boyfriend or like partner, however you call him. <laughs> there. I'm I'm there to protect him. But, you know, he was busy becoming a jerk in AEW. So, um, yeah. That's my pick for my second to last pick because Jay White is such a fun wrestler to watch now. And he honestly is going to be a staple of New Japan for many years to come. Nice, nice. <clears throat> okay, we go to... And that's that's pretty much uh, our second favorite entrances. And then we go to our number... We Before we go to our number one, we talk about our honorable mentions. So we talk about... Um, yeah, um, we talk about our 
honorable mentions first. And then, but before that, we thought we should, you should, you guys should visit thegeekyones.com. So apart from our podcast, we have a blog site where we talk about uh, various topics related to episodes and even the ones that are not. So we recently reviewed the Realme Watch 2. So that was really mm-hmm. cool. We uh, we got to try it out. I got to tr- I got to wear it around, and it was fun. And you also talked about Back for Blood's open beta. So, um, Back for Blood is available for open beta until August sixteen. So you better catch that before um before it ends. And it's a mm-hmm. really good game, and I have my thoughts on it on our blog. And we I also talked about five favorite video game remakes which is related yes. to our to last week's episode and yeah uh take a look at our site we have lots of awesome uh geeky content i have a few gundam posts there here and there and yeah it's really awesome so check that out if you have time or you know in between watching our episodes but now we yep. go to our honorable mentions okay this is kind of related to my number one, Steven. And this is Tatsuya Naito's Wrestle right. Kingdom 14 entrance. And the reason I'm not putting this on my top five, it was so close. It was really close. This is one of the closest um, uh, entrances that went to the top five. And it was... Uh, but yeah, in the end, Naito... This is uh, a culmination of Naito's journey from being... Um, Shunned away from the main event and losing to Okada painfully multiple times. I think twice when he lost the IWGP heavyweight title and when he lost to Naito for the title in Wrestle Kingdom Wrestle Kingdom 12. It was one of the most painful matches and we, whenever you mention it, it's always painful, it's always sad. But yeah, Wrestle Kingdom 14, he hopes to make it different and he went he went um, full spectacular with his entrance and he went for an all white suit getup and just with the team with the Stardust team blaring blaring to, to in in Tokyo Dome. It was just really fun. It was just really cool to see him um to see him walk the ramp slowly. <clears throat> And just face his past, face, uh, confront his uh, confront his rival, face his past, and you know accept you know accept the past to help him win and help him uh, succeed in this match. And you know later on we find out that he did, and it was really cool. It was really cool to see Tetsuya Naito just walk walk in Wrestle Kingdom fourteen, and. From that entrance to the moment he won was just magical, and we enjoy it. And I think I watched it again without without tearing up, and it was, it was really one of the best matches of 2020. So yeah, awesome pre-pandemic match right there. Yeah. So yes, hello, Stephen. So we move on to your entry now. Ah, we move on okay. to my entry. Okay, okay. Um, yes, let's keep going with yours. Okay, my entry is next up is um, Batista in WrestleMania 23. So this was against The Undertaker. <laughs> so I remember saying, uh, 
Um, I remember saying that I know Batista was gonna lose because there's no way that they're gonna drop the streak to Batista. Uh, like even I knew, but what I loved about this entrance because it was Batista's. I know he beat Triple H, but for me this was like one of his bigger matches. Like it was the Undertaker. It was against the streak versus world title, diba? You end the streak yeah. or a taker with the title. So like it was so good and. It was just um, before he went to his full pyro show in his entrance, he just went from one end of the entrance stand, entrance set to the other, just pipe, just riding up the crowd, just saying hi, you know, just taking it in. And then when he went to the middle, <laughs> when he went to the middle, it was just, you know, his usual pyro explosion, which was whenever he does it in Mania, it was all, it's always one of the best. And I'm happy na when he was the animal Batista, he never changed his team. I was so, I'm so happy that he never did. Because even though he was a heel, he still cheer for that song. He still love that song. Because you'll never get tired definitely. of hearing it. And you never get tired of seeing the freaking pyro. And my last um my last e- entrance is Sandman from uh, ECW One Night Stand. So, 2005. <laughs> you know, this was the main event. This was the main event of uh, ECW One Night Stand. It, it was the Dudley Boys versus Tommy Dreamer and Sandman. And Dudley Boys went out with their usual entrance, the right? Usual entrance. And Tommy Dreamer went out with his heart and soul of ECW and all. <laughs> I think they used uh, Man the Box. I forgot. I forget if they used Man the Box for 2005. I hope they did for Tommy Dreamer. Because ECW used actual uh, 90s music mm. for their entrances. Because they can no longer broadcast that. Because that's a copyright strike for them. <clears throat> so for Sandman, <laughs> his music was Metallica's Enter Sandman. It was spectacular to hear. And in 2005... Um, it, the ECW one night stand, the crowd there was old school hardcore ECW, and they really missed the event. They really missed the time. They really just missed ECW because it was out for four years now by the time um, it was gone. So when when they heard Enter Sandman's intro just um, starting up, they were just hot. They were just wild and shouting, and they were singing along to the entire song. O2 out while Sandman walks to the crowd, point, points to the WWE guys watching, and and makes himself bleed before the match even started by slamming a beer can to his head, among many things. But yeah, it was one of the it was one of the loudest entrances in of that decade. It was one of the crazier ones too, and. Yeah, um, it, it this was I just really, really this was a, one of the more spectacular entrances, and you know it didn't need to have pyro, it didn't need to have flash dates, it just needed the power of the crowd, and I think a lot of our entrances have that, so have a huge, just need a huge pop, and a great team, <laughs> so yeah. But then before we go to Steven's entries, uh, we can talk about this little hashtag, Steven. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So we have this little hashtag that we're trying to run called hashtag Suan X the Geeky Ones. 
Just for context, one of our best performing weather. So we are trying to get episode to talk about you know cuddle weather and other things in her acting um um wide acting portfolio so yeah it would be cool to like if you guys can help us get this hashtag trending 100 and maybe we can get surami res on episode 100 of the geeky ones so that's <clears throat> awesome awesome okay <clears throat> now we move on to your honorable mention, Stephen, and this one is pretty cool. Kurt Angle and the Shield. This is the Shield <laughs> with Tito Kurt, essentially. Hmm, Tito Kurt. So, okay. So for context, I think Roman Reigns was sick at the time, so he couldn't. Um, this was like Shield reunion yeah, two point oh, diba? Yeah. So mm -hmm. so. Uh, Roman Reigns was sick, and they needed somebody to fill in for Roman Reigns because um. You had this whole shield reunion made up and everything, but none of the shield could stay healthy. So what they did was they got Kurt Angle to dress up as a member of the shield in the most pakul tito way. Like how Naito dresses yeah. up in and no not no, not Naito. Um Basically, if you have a Tito who's like dressing up in like tight jeans and tight fitting shirts and ultra boosts and whatever whatever you call them, like you know Apple Watch and everything, but it's like your your uncle trying to stay hip. That's basically the Shield's entrance. I don't even care what event it was; it was just so hilarious because it was so good. It was so out there, and it, it's a perfect fit for Kurt Angle because he doesn't take himself seriously. So. Okay, lang siyang mag, mag make fun of himself, mga ganun. So this was perfectly in Kurt Angle's um, realm of comedy, and I loved it because it was so fun because they went through the crowd. Kurt Angle as a member of the Shield going through the crowd. It's it's a fan to do that with the Shield, diba? Who wouldn't want to go through the crowd You'll with, never, with them? You can never diba? unsee Kurt Angle in the Shield. Never unsee. Never unsee. Yeah, I can never unsee that. Still cool. Um, really fun. And next one is John Cena's Money in the Bank 2021 return. Okay. So I don't need to explain any context, too much context, because John's out of WWE for two years now. Mm. So there has been a large gap missing in WWE, which is kind of sad because it just goes to shows that WWE has not been building stars. Um, but anyway, besides the point, John, we didn't expect nobody, and I mean nobody. Ako personally, I didn't know that John Cena would suddenly appear at the end of the match because oh, Roman Reigns defeats another, another wrestler. And then... Oh shit, the music starts playing. The music is just like that little what is it? Is it a horn? Like some sort of horn or something? I don't know what Trumpet, device it is. Do you know what? Yeah. Sorry? Trumpet. I think it was a trumpet. Yeah, like some sort of trumpet. And then just you hear that and then the whole arena just starts shaking and then it's like Michael Cole was losing his mind. And then when he said, Cena's here, Pat McAfee goes, Where? <laughs> it was it was so perfect. It's it's just so 
it it's such a perfect it, it's just so perfect words cannot describe how good this entry was kahit alam mo and i mean they just did it so well and then the funny thing is a week before was impact slammiversary jay white was the surprise and um appearance at the end of slammiversary but they couldn't cut on time they couldn't show off on time because all of a sudden here comes david finney by accident like um not missing his cue but like he was way ahead of his cue to like appear and then attack jay white so i don't know if it was a technical mishap but then one week later money in the bank happens and then you see how a proper a proper <laughs> um close off entrance with John Cena and WWE's technical mastery na okay they, you just see John Cena and Roman Reigns face off and then that's it credits go and you're done you don't know what happens next that gives WWE an exclusive for YouTube Impact could have done it, but anyway, that's besides the point. Watch what John Cena was going to say. So that's how epic this entrance was. That you haven't seen John Cena in two years. Everybody was freaking out. So you wanted to watch more, Deva. Right? So that's yeah. pretty much why I'm including this in my honorable mentions because it was so good everybody was freaking out the commentators were freaking out the fans were freaking out even the cameraman who john cena usually likes to talk to before entering the ring was there it's it's insanity it's insanity <clears throat> anyway let's move on to the, my last honorable mention oh this is a uh, another impact wrestling one mm. aj styles joins mm. the dna frontline on august 13th on August, yeah. August 2013 show. Wait. Okay. Yes. So during this time, TNA was recycling the old Sting gimmick, except that they put AJ on it. Maybe because Sting said, nah, hey, we need to give AJ something to revive his career or something. But basically, it's just, it was the era of Eric Bischoff recycling stories. So, you know, instead of it was Aces and Aids. Instead of Sting joining the NWO, it was <laughs> AJ Styles. Was so weird. Uh, uh, yes, they tried. It's like they, they kept on unlocking every new member of Aces and Eights. <laughs> Who's behind this mask? It's like Scooby Doo, except it's Sons of Anarchy. Um, <laughs> that's the perfect description. That the- yeah, if, if Scooby Doo and Sons of Anarchy had a little <gasps> weird child, eh, that's Aces and Eights. Oh, yeah. So, so, yeah. so for the longest time, um, um, for the longest time in August twenty, in this ep- specific episode of Impact, um, the front line which had like Sinaba, Sting, Kazarian, Daniels, Joe, like basically the TNA OGs, and I consider Sting a TNA OG because he may not have been there since day one, but he was there to like help elevate TNA. So I loved it seeing him there. So. This happened in Norfolk, Virginia, where the um, DX invasion happened. But that's besides the point. AJ Styles comes in with his own very ominous entrance, very like ominous country rock entrance. And then 
he was just walking out doing his very slow sting walk and he puts his head down mm-hmm. hood over his head and then suddenly the music stops because this is very unusual music for AJ Styles and then all of a sudden you know how he gets super geek you geek out over like resting entrance music and then like yeah. the first two drums the first two drum beats of AJ Styles get ready to fly theme plays and then you're like, oh my god, it's the phenomenal AJ Styles. So parang it's like parang si ano, parang si Sting. <laughs> Biglang naging surfer Sting ulit. <laughs> yeah. Parang was, it felt like 2005 all over again for AJ Styles. Surfer Sting. <laughs> but yeah, really awesome. Yeah. Yes, yes. It felt like 2005 all over when that happened because I think the gimmick was get ready to fly for the longest time. So this was huge. And then when they heard that again, <laughs> Mike Tanay was freaking out. Taz was freaking out. The entire crowd of Norfolk, Virginia was freaking out. And then <laughs> the brawl happened. Happens. It's like it's so epic. It's nothing really happened. They just had a brawl, <laughs> so nothing of relevant import relevant anything happened. But in uh, um, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. But um, yeah, the phenomenal <clears throat> it one came back and helped the front eight. So. That's how it ended, and that is my last honorable mention because there really isn't much that happened after. Yeah. Okay, before we go to our number one entries, we'd like to talk about our new podcast uh, called Evolving Backwards. Yes. And we just recently recorded episode two titled Run It Back. <clears throat> and our question for that episode is, if you guys had a time machine, would you turn back time and fix things in your past? So, yeah. Um, it, this is coming soon, I think. This is coming up upcoming week, I guess. This is going to be released in the upcoming week. And uh, re- so for those who listened to episode one, thank you so much. We reached 100 listens for that one. And that was really awesome. And hope to keep it going. And we hope to keep more episodes going regularly. I mean, this is like our relief podcast from the usual, uh, from our usual geeky ones and wrestling stuff. So it's a really awesome podcast, and <clears throat> it's a slice of life podcast. So you know, we make sure that our questions are something that you can relate to as well. So we go to our number one. So first off is my number one pick for favorite wrestling entrance in this top five, and it is Kazuchika Okada at Wrestle Kingdom fourteen. The reason I put Naito's entrance on on an honorable mention is that. It, it was good, but, you know, Kazushika Okada was the final boss of New Japan during that time. And it was, I think it is the last time, this is the most, this is the last time he was so far, right? Because he has not hmm. been the final boss for the past few years. But yeah. Um, That's right. Kazushika Okada was the final boss, and he just went, you know, moneymaker entrances in Wrestle Kingdom are really epic, always good, you know, some always has a surprise, like, you know, it's whether or not, whether he is having a trunks reveal or dropping money 
dropping Okada bucks from the roof of the Tokyo Dome. Um, it was always mm-hmm. a, it's always a treat. But for this time, it was um, Nissan Cup Noodle Okada for this one. This is good. Yes, Nissan yes. Cup Noodle Okada. It was good because he didn't need that much stuff. He, I, mean, I think he just had an awesome Titantron entrance and he just walked walked while his while his entire robe was shining. And that was that's spectacular because yeah. whenever you think of Japanese wrestling and Japanese wrestling legends and champions, they always have this awesome getup. They always have an awesome coat or robe that just that just uh, screams boss battle. And this is like this is Tetsuya Naito's boss battle. He needs to beat Okada, or else you know his legacy wouldn't be his legacy wouldn't be fulfilled. His destiny, his destino would never be fulfilled. And what a way to show that you know to beat you have to beat me, and you have to show what a way to show that Okada is at his peak of his powers at that time. You know, this was like Okada. Finally, winning back the IWGP title and carrying the company again, and now he has to face one of his greatest rivals in Tatsuya Naito, and that was really awesome. And I love that he kept on using that um, that white robe. You know, we call it Nissan Cup Noodle because it kind of looks like it. You know, the design, the red, and uh, no. I think he also has a blue variation, which is also really cool. So recently used that. Mm. That, was, that was spectacular. But hey. We go to your number one entry, Steven, and it is Shinsuke Nakamura's SmackDown debut. <laughs> okay. If there is one entrance that I, w- I want to see live, it's Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance. Um, we got the chance to see it in SmackDown 2019 uh, in Araneta Coliseum. It yeah, was fun. It, right? it was amazing. Yeah. Right? And then the sad was heel Nakamura in 2019, so we didn't yeah. get the chance. I mean, we could have had, we could have had, the, we could have had the cooler version, but hey, hearing Nakamura's entrance live is still a treat. So that was really awesome. Yeah. All right, so I really wanted, I would have wanted to see like the good guy version of Nakamura, like do an entrance because it's so much more epic, or instrumental. There's no. Random Japanese rapping, but like thing magical about Shinsuke Nakamura's um, WWE entrance music is it as good as uh, his NJPW entrance? Debatable. It's hard. Debatable it's hard. For me. I, I, I just yeah. think about that, Stephen. Yeah. Hmm. The So, um. I think the night before, um, the weekend before this was uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's last NXT takeover, and then knew na okay, it's time. Shinsuke is getting called up. Like everybody in NXT knew already na it's gonna be time na. So what happens as if the violin and... wasn't a signal enough, right? <laughs> diba? <laughs> the guy in the violin, like. The violin came out because, you know, it was just a usual Miz and Maurice promo as John Cena and Nikki Bella. <laughs> we know where that relationship went. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mm, mm. 
somebody's bitter. Um, uh, <laughs> um, Shin, the guy in the violin comes out and has his long, long violin solo. And then suddenly the entire crowd just stands up. Ends up in like, was everyone's like wondering what's happening? Like, okay, the general WWE universe did not know how good Nakamura was. But the best part about these post-WrestleMania shows is that these are filled with smarky, you know, internet reading fans. So they knew who Shinsuke Nakamura exactly was. When that violin, and then you could hear like the build up to Nakamura's theme. The entire exploded like no other mm. arena I've seen. It just exploded like that. And then everyone in the arena started like Nakamura's theme song. A song with no lyrics becomes <laughs> one of the most iconic themes in WWE. <laughs> It, the most Japanese-sounding like, entrance theme for WWE as well. Yes, you know? yes, yes. I mean, okay, it, 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 I think what I loved about Rising Sun is that it sounded Japanese while still not sounding stereotypical. Because WWE does that, hmm. right? It was so respectful to uh, Shinsuke's Japanese past uh, while still, you know, helping him yeah. give a banger of a theme for his WWE run exactly now, exactly that's what makes it so good tapos ayun like he didn't even say a single word but everybody was like got his energy kaagad. like i, I don't know was, maybe it's the entrance the music was there. Entrance. <laughs> yeah the mid there so parang, i think the miz being the bad guy really helped like balance out shinsuke nakamura's like good guy level of like power so it's insane the entrance was so insane that like you really have to watch it just to see how much people were hyping Shinsuke Nakamura and it is a crime that Nakamura has not won the debut at least once or the Universal Championship since he's on SmackDown now Sayang yeah, but, hey, he's, uh, but hey he's there with um, he's now a three time Intercontinental Champion right now so in he stole the crown yeah. from Baron Corbin and turned Baron Corbin um broke and I think homeless maybe. Yeah, best best Baron storyline ever for me. And despite him being broke, he can still he I think I, I would love to see him wrestle broke as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he still wrestles like his usual self anyway. Yeah. That's so our we'll uh, entries though. That's really awesome. And those are ten 10 epic entrances and some honorable mentions and uh, uh um angelo from the mtg show podcast uh also mentioned jeff jarrett and sandman entrances yeah i did mention the sandman entrance in ecw one night stand um i'm not sure which jeff jarrett entrance you're talking about but yeah jeff jarrett had jeff jarrett on tna he had creative yeah. control. Of course, he has a spectacular freaking entrance. He already has the NWA title around his belt waist for like a long time. Yep. yep. During that time, he was there. He was there. Triple H. So anyway, <laughs> with um, less talent, with lesser lesser level of well, actually no. I think Jeff Jarrett's a good technical wrestler. It's just that 
his mic at the time because he was I think he was getting up there in age so his wrestling yeah, wasn't as yeah. a, no, wasn't that much he had to rely on ano, being a freaking heel so he had the guitar every time you know, and he had his yeah. faction he had a faction with him all most of the time Kaya, I mean usual Planet ano, Jared heel, yeah heel <laughs> shtick na heel shtick of having people <laughs> insurance policies all around yeah. their side so that's why it was. That's why. That's why for me, Christian Cage beating Jeff Jarrett was still <laughs> spectacular. Despite na it was another old former WWE guy, ano, TNA thing. But ano, and by the way, shout congratulations to Christian for becoming Impact World Champion for the first time Ooh. and yes, being the third time. and winning and becoming the World Champion for a third time. So like that's cool. Yeah, man. yeah. He loves yeah. Impact Wrestling because. It gave Impact Wrestling gave him like the platform to prove that he can be a, a guy who can carry a company. So that was awesome. Anyway, that is true. Before we leave, before we end this episode, you can find the Geeky Ones podcast, the audio version of this episode, on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. We actually have like nine, if I recall, seeing. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, but hey, you can also check out our replays on YouTube, on Twitch, and on, of course, on Facebook, where most of you are watching. So uh, I think, of course, on Twitch, you won't be able to see it until a certain, after a certain time frame. You can just t- take a look at our YouTube channel and Facebook to see our replay of those. So that's really awesome. Now... For social media, we are at the Geeky Ones on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. You can check out our content. We do live tweets. We do we, sh- we do episode announcements on all accounts. We make sure you know just uh, keep us on your notice, and we'll k- we'll keep the episodes rolling, and that's really awesome. And yeah, uh, thank you for those who are watching and commenting. Um, Really awesome time. And once again, uh, this is episode 86. And thank you so much. Um, We are the Geeky Ones. And we'll see you next episode. So bye, guys. Bye. This episode of the Geeky Ones is presented to you by Ambidexter. Check out ambidexter.media for more information.